Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, Director of Camps at Music for All in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, Director of Bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so that we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. Before we begin, I want to tell you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free, and one way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com, and sign up for all or some of some of our awesome courses and instructional videos. You can also purchase products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web, on things like shoes, rifles, podiums, megaboxes, and flagpoles. I know that sometimes you just continue to order your products from the same people every year, but if you look at our prices, you might change your mind. We even have deeper discounts on large orders. Please give us a chance to win your business. Jeff, I'm really excited about the show today. We have one of the quintessential band directors in the country with us today, uh, Mr. Darren Davis from Broken Arrow High School. I'm sure that everybody who's listening to the podcast, all 12 of them, will recognize that name. And uh, Darren, thank you for being here. Sometimes I wish this was like the Smartless podcast where I don't know who the guest is until like they reveal... You know what we should, we should do that because that, that you would be you would be really excited about that. I, I, let's try that. So, like, what things what things would you say about Darren to make me guess who we're talking sure. to? Today? Okay, I would say this band director attended the high school of which he is now the director of bands. He um, studied at, um, if I'm not mistaken, Western Missouri uh, for undergrad, and then went to Tulsa uh, University for his master's degree and wind conducting he has if there is an accolade in the band world he has earned it or his band has earned it and it's been really interesting i actually met this band director when he was the assistant at this school a number of years ago and then saw him take over as head director and continue this uh, incredible um, meteoric rise uh, that we saw one of the most innovative band directors and i think one of the first band directors to really look at the job as ceo that would be my absolutely of that. I, I would know who it, it is. Yeah, <laughs> I would have known. Yeah. <laughs> that CEO Darren. thing would have good. Darren Davis. So, Darren, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Did I miss up? Did I mess up anything on the bio there? No, that's all good. How are you guys doing? Glad to be with you. We are. We are doing really well. It's so good to have you. We we were talking a couple of weeks ago, and we were like. You know, we've we've interviewed some great people, and we've been doing some some of our own podcasts, some of our own episodes, and we were like, "Man, we've got to think of somebody really good to get on here." And and we said your name, and it was like, "Oh my god!" I think I texted you that day and said, "Please, yeah, we we want to do this." So thank you so much for taking time to be here. Um, you needed someone really good to be on the podcast, and then you asked, uh, yeah, and then they, you they ran said, out of names. <laughs> They all said no, and then you asked me. So I see how that works. Oh no! Oh no! No no! I, I'm being serious. Like as I as I look at you, you kind of make me sick sometimes because you know we he as looks band so directors young. like he doesn't age. I well now that's true too. Yeah that 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 additionally sucks. Thank you for that. Um, but it's like I remember growing up and people were like, yeah, their marching band is really good, but their concert bands just, meh. or their concert bands are really good, but their marching band, meh. or they do jazz really well, but everything else or their percussion or the, and you freaking do it all. So we want to talk a little bit today about where that started, 
and how it got there. So let's begin with that that one thing that I am am always so taken by. You went to Broken Arrow High School. Can you can I you did. talk a little bit about what it was like when you were there? Well, I was that typical band kid that just I, I found my niche. I found my my friends. That was my my clique. It was my team. It was my people. Um, and I uh, immediately was drawn to the leadership of my band directors and became, you know, not only were they great mentors to me, they became my great friends. Um, and uh, I always remember, I, I always, my path was going to be that I was going to be an engineer and uh, be a civil engineer and follow in my dad's uh, footsteps. And, uh, but I was always drawn to, to music and that connection with music. And it was like February of my senior year, uh, I went to my parents and talked to them about making a career in music. And then I went and talked to my band director, told him I wanted to be a, a, a band director. And someday I wanted to have his job. And uh, he just laughed <laughs> and was, and then he said, no, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do th this life. And about a week later, I came back to him again. And uh, it was, he always said it was that persistence that he knew that, uh, that, that I'd have a shot at, at maybe, you know, being successful in the business. If, uh, if you tried to talk me out of it several times and I was still committed. So you kind of had a little bit of a plan when you were there, like, I want to come back here. Well, I, I didn't really know much different. You got to realize, you know, band in the eighties is far different than it is today. You know, with social media, we can see other bands are across the country at any given time. We're traveling over the place. And, you know, back at that time, traveling wasn't a, a near as big as it is now. Uh, and so, you know, my, my bubble was really small. It, it was, you know, inside, you know, the state of Oklahoma, which is, we all know is not a, not a large state, not a large population. There's a few really good bands in that area that have been good for a very, very long time. Um, but, you know, I didn't know what the world was like and really the state of music education was like, you know, outside of my little, uh, bubble. And, uh, you know, so maybe that was naive. Uh, naivety at that point to want to, you know, make a statement that I wanted to come back to my, the place that I grew up. Um, but that's all I knew. And that's what called me. And that's the path I was on. And I wouldn't trade it for, for anything. I think it's interesting. You what said did you play in band? Oh, I, I, I may play trumpet. I was a trumpet player. Yeah. <laughs> I can I smell it. Guessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, us yeah. woodwind players can smell brass players around them. <laughs> and where and, it's and where you first chair? You know what? I my good buddies that I still am in contact with now. Um, we all kind of rotated chairs around. Um, you know, and the, we're soloists at, at, with the band and our, the band program at Broken Arrow. You know, it, obviously it, it 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 had depth and it had something that that made a connection with me. And along with many other students, but we're a far different program now uh, than we were then. Um, the The concert program was not near as much of a focus as it's become. And, uh, you know, I, I loved marching band. And, I, you know, and, and there was a time where I didn't want to be known as a marching band director. I want to be known as a concert band conductor. But um, I, I embrace, embrace those uh, those opportunities uh, all the time. And I'm, I'm not not afraid to say I love marching band. Mm -hmm. I love concert band, yeah. but I love the marching band and everything yeah. else about it too. Mm -hmm. Well, you talk about Broken Arrow and it's accomplished so much. Um, you know, you look at there's a, you've done all the parades, 
you've done the Midwest and the ABA convention. You've done the state convention probably countless times. Uh, indoor percussion, you know, the color guard is just monstrously huge and and fantastic. There, there really isn't any any accolade, including the Suso Award. You know, the the band has won the Suso Award a couple of times. Uh, you have all that. Now I'm going to put you on the spot and say, what's the one thing? What's one thing? of many, I'm sure, that was kind of like a key catalyst to making that go, to pointing you and the and the program in that direction? Well, you know, I can say this, you know, I've, I've, I've been really lucky and I've been surrounded by people that I, I think are far more talented than I ever thought I could be. And, and I've learned from them, we've become a great team. And, and, and those things, um, even when I was hired as the sixth band director out of six at the high school, um, you know, I felt a part of that team. There was a calling to, you know, that was uh, one of the band directors that hired me was my band director when I was in high school. He's assistant director then. And I learned so much, you know, from, from that team and my peers that I, that I get to work with now, but, you know, I'll, I'll give credit to the, I think the catalyst that changed the broken air program was, was uh, my good friend, uh, Tom Stout, who's the former director of bands at Broken Arrow. And he hired me back in, in 1993, but he made a decision that year that we were taking the marching band outside of the school day um, to become 100% extracurricular so we could put uh, a complete focus on the concert ensembles within the school day. And mm. there were people within our community who thought that he was going to burn down the program, that it was going to fail miserably, that it would, be, it would ruin our band program. But he had uh, a, a conviction and a vision for what we could be and learn from some of the other best programs in America. And he wasn't afraid to make that statement that we're going to be about concert bands. The marching band will still be great, but it's about the concert bands. And that I think that programmatic change is set a trajectory for the Broken Air program that I, will be a model, I think, that will outlive my tenureship and hopefully, you know, years to come. Mm hmm. You know, I, you, you talked about, and I, I, this is a little bit of an aside question, but uh, you and I spoke one time about how the middle school and the high school program really align very directly. You have a very direct contact with those teachers. Uh, can you, can you talk a little bit about how that model works? Sure. I mean, we're not without uh, without flaws. There's things that we always want to be better about. We still feel like that we're a program that's under construction. So there's lots of things we want to be better at. But one thing that has been a constant is um, we now have five, six through eighth grade middle schools with a dedicated teacher at each. And our high school team spends half their day um, doing high school level activities. And the other half of their day is at, divided at each one of those five mm -hmm. middle schools. So we have a high school presence at each site. Um, we've, we've, I think have done a good job of kind of, uh, of putting all of our teachers, uh, that teach band on a vertical path together where the offerings at one school aren't any different than the other middle school. And that we have mm -hmm. the same philosophy, the same, uh, approach, the same counting system, use the same curriculum, learner outcome guides, and that funnels everyone up to our freshman academy, um, where all five of those um, middle school graduates from eighth grade become our, our freshman class. And uh, that, that's really important. And then those teachers at the freshman academy, um, they've got the most important job, in my opinion, in the district, and probably one of the most challenging jobs is to align all those students who had 
you know, five different variations of the same philosophy, mm-hmm. um, but to, to make us one. And uh, it, it's a it's a challenging job for those the, the freshman academy band directors. I'm, I admire what they do. And, uh, you know, just when they get those students committed with the, the, the things that they want to see, then they hand them off to the high school for the 10 through 12 high school. And uh, so it kind of looks like an hourglass kind of approach to, mm-hmm. to kind of how, how we're aligned as a 6 through 12 uh, band program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we've we've talked with with programs before and, you know, just talking to different band directors. That is so key uh, that that vertical alignment is absolutely pivotal, I think, to having it's, that. It's really hard. Yeah. yeah, it's really hard to find a band director who will say everything in our middle schools is going great and they're feeding us exactly what we need. So <laughs> it's really refreshing to hear, you know, that, you know, that there's so much collaboration and cooperation going on to make that happen in such a large school district. Did your school district decide a long time ago it would never split no matter how big it got? Was it kind of one of those things? Or is that not um, common in, in your show, area? That's, that's probably how it has transpired in Broken Arrow. I mean, we're, we're a, lar- uh, a bedroom community of Tulsa um, that started as a small school and you know, we still have the old time Main Street, um, still do our kind of local Main Street parades. So there's still a community, um, you know, atmosphere inside what's now become a large, very large suburb. Um, and we're at the point where uh, about every, I don't know, eight to 10 years, that seems to be a discussion that comes up in long range planning with the school district. We always put it to a vote to the stakeholders in the community. And uh, overwhelmingly that we, you know, there's still a faction that would love to see us split, but by and large, we, we've embraced that our size is, is one of our strengths, not a weakness. And, uh, and, and we're one community, one band, one, one football team, one, one athletic program, one fine arts program. I wish more more communities would take a look at that. Uh, you know, in the South, it's you know, if a school gets above twelve hundred, we think that's enormous, and we've got to split so that nobody has to drive more than fifteen minutes. I'm like, I don't know that traffic patterns should be dictating the educational learning of our community. Yet it really does. It does often down here, and it it compromises some things. How many students are at Broken Arrow? And this would be senior high. So this is 10, 11, 12, right? 10, 11, 12 is the high school campus and is approximately 3,600. Might be, okay. I might be conservative on that. Um, and uh, so it's about 1,100 per class, roughly 1,200 per class, I think is where, where the, the each class is right now. But Broken Air is just, they've embraced that by our size, we can provide more diversity and opportunities for kids. Right. There's more things that they, they can be a part of and has done, I think, a great job of creating different pathways that, you know, someone who's really involved in the fine arts, there's a pathway for them that they can be immersed in that. They We want kids that are involved in, you know, architecture and engineering and all that, but they mm-hmm. just still have the, the humanity side of what they do and be involved in, in band and, and the fine arts. Right. Well, okay. This next question I've been dying to ask you for about 12 <laughs> years. So in 2005, I'm at Grand Nationals, and I saw this really cool-looking band in 13th place. Then I'm coming back in 2006, and that same band that was 13th was first. Now, that 
that's a really big that's a really big change. Having been 13th, I can tell you that's a really big that's, <laughs> that's a Cinderella that's a very story. definitive that's a very definitive place. Can you talk to us a little bit about from that night until one year later? Were there things that changed or was it just, you know, the evolution was in that place at that time and we just continued the process? Talk to us a little bit about that year. Well, that's a great uh, story, actually, I think um, it's very unique with our program. And but uh, Bobby, I think I, I don't know this for sure. I think we were 15th, 15th. 15th. Oh, OK. I yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think we were just out. I think we were out a, a couple placements and, uh, you know, and, and it, it hurt and uh, it, it but it provided a sense of motivation. Um, so there's a couple things we, we decided that we had to do. We had to make sure the, the design uh, wasn't wasn't flawed and that the the what that we gave the kids to perform um was um there was nothing left unturned and that's where you know our our uh partnership with my great friend and colleague Wes Cartwright uh, when it comes to design uh, I think that was a maybe like the third year that we were involved together we stepped it up on design and Wes did a terrific job of picking a great program we made an adjustment to a music arranger um, that that kind of changed things. Uh, shout out to Carol Chambers was the mm. music arranger for that mm-hmm. year uh, for the 2006 show. And uh, and on the other side, the teaching side, the how we did what what the performance was. There was a motivation and a great energy by our students, uh, particularly from the returning junior class to be senior mm-hmm. leaders the next year. There was a little bit of hurt and a little bit, and then but it made a sense of motivation that um, we're going to do everything we can to put ourselves in a position to, uh, to hopefully make grand national finals. Um, that's not a goal. That was, that was just something that, uh, that we wanted uh, to, to have put ourselves in a position. It was never a goal to make, um, you know, to win the show or anything like that. Matter of fact, we were just hoping to hear our name called for finals. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember, you know, Chuck, he is a master of like manipulating those names. And, you know, I, I, to this day, I think he had a, read us as the 12th name that made Grand National Finals. So in a sense, that was part of the achievement. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that was the, the, the thing that we hadn't um, been able to get over that hump the previous year. And really, there was no pressure on. And we were probably naive as teachers. Um, we didn't know. We didn't know how good things could have been or were we just worked our butts off and Mm -hmm. and uh Mm -hmm. the process meant everything and the the journey meant everything you know we got to grand national finals and there was like no pressures like hey guys made finals go have fun yeah perform the best you ever had make a great memory that you'll never forget and uh you know amazing things happened that night you know and that was you know seven adjudicators that saw one thing in one opinion, there might be another school that wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't be as satisfied. Um, but it's never been about a placement at Broken Arrow. But the, I got to tell you, that felt really good that night. I, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Uh, I can only imagine. And I think that I think that you can't deny that from that point on, there was a difference in in the program, uh, and I would say it kind of permeated throughout all of it. Well, I think uh, kids grew through that process. That night changed everything as far as motivation with kids. Um, the design with our design team has done nothing but, I think, gotten stronger and better throughout the years. Um, I think we've taught better and, 
you know, uh, crafted a, a different ensemble sound that's even di much different now than it was then in 2006. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, there was a strong sense of motivation. I do remember Gary Markham um, talked to me after uh, we had won Grand Nationals in 2006. And he, you know, was congratulating uh, the program and, and, uh, and my team and I, and he said, uh, he said, this will change everything for you. Your kids will never be the same in a great way that they'll be more motivated than you've ever thought they could be. And, uh, it'll be a spark that you can capitalize on, or you can make it all about competition and it, and it can ruin you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, you know, wise words from Gary. Yeah. Yeah. If Gary. you don't know who Gary Markham is, he was the, uh, chief judge for BOA and DCI for many, many years and uh, kind of a guru out there. He had the right piece of advice at the right moment mm -hmm. many times uh, for many. I would say m these larger organizations, DCI, BOA, um, would be very different had it not been for Gary Markham. So a little bit of a shout out to to him. Okay. So I, I now we get into a little bit of the I think younger teachers, because a lot of people would look at what you have and, and be like, oh my gosh, if I could only have that. But as we all know, there's blessings and curses that come with this. You know, once you win or once you achieve something really well, there there is this pressure that does come in. There's a different kind of feeling that's there and you have to really manage that to not let it take over you and take over the program. So for our younger teachers out there, if you had to start college life or your career life, either one, all over again, what would you do differently? Is there one thing that you would do differently? Well, there's there's definitely things I think in in my musicianship that I would have wished I had done better at an earlier age. I think it took me too long to feel comfortable with you know the pedagogy of the instruments, the crafting of musicianship sound for as a band director of what meant what that meant to me, but. But I think every band director, there's some level you have, you, you don't know what you don't know until right. you get immersed into a job. And um, the probably the best thing you can do is is to admit that you don't know um, things and find colleagues and mentors and friends and steal and borrow and learn. And, you know, to this day, there's not a, a time that I don't go judge a festival, hear a concert band, um, that I don't pick up on something from a colleague or the, the band that I'm working with that we don't do. And I kind of go, Hmm, we could use that and we could spend that and do that a different way. And, and I'd love to see us as our team incorporate that. And, and the, our, our team does that all the time of teachers, our designers continue to do that to reinvent themselves. Um, so it's, it's, you know, what would I do different? You know, my path, I wouldn't change anything. I think I was at the right places at the, that I needed to be at the right time. Um, to set me on a path to do the things that I love doing now. You know, I had early failures in, in my career. You know, mm. I, uh, I, I started at the university of Oklahoma as a music education student. And they told me that maybe I might not have be good enough to make a career in music. <laughs> yeah. I in love stuff like that. I love it. I know it. Greg Bim Talk was about told being the, vulnerable and sharing that, right? Greg Bim was yeah. told the exact same thing from Illinois state. Oops. And, you know, some of those teachers that are still around that I'm a good friends that we kind of laugh about that a little bit now that, but it motivated me and yeah. it, you know, things, your path, I think things happen for a reason. I transferred to a little school, a small school in Missouri. 
uh, Missouri Western State University um, because I was marching drum corps. The drum corps uh, music director was also just became the director of bands and kind of cross recruited from the university and the drum corps. And that's where I met um, some really important people um, and uh, learned a lot of things. And it put me on a path to have the experiences that, that I did really through the drum corps activity. And uh, uh, I wouldn't change that. Now, there is one mistake that I thought I was actually going to get to t- talk on this podcast. Go ahead, Bob. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go for it, Jeff. I'll, I'll come back with your mistake in just a minute, Darren. Everybody, Jeff. No, I was, I was just going to ask what drum corps he marched because I honestly don't know. So I marched the in the Skyriders is where I was marching at the time. Um, marched in the Skyriders and then my age out year, um, many of our friends, we all kind of, I guess, graduated and went to other uh, drum corps. And uh, I ended up at the Madison Scouts and, and aged out with Madison. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, that's all. Go, continue, Jeff, is there Bob. anything else you'd like? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to point out there there is you know unfortunately Darren this is this is the gotcha question there is one major mistake that I can find in your teaching that I think in this public <laughs> forum is really the place to, to bring it out <laughs> there was an assistant director that you hired that that just makes me question your integrity and all those things. What we're talking about, our, all of our dear friend, James Stevens. I remember meeting the two of you uh, and Jay, for, for, for that, that single listener out there, James is a wonderful band director. And it's, it's interesting that you found him. I, I remember asking James, like, how did you get to Broken Arrow? And he was like, well, I was teaching in New York and I heard about this job and I went for it. And the fact that you saw, you know, great, I think that's one of your gifts. I've seen people come to Broken Arrow. We've got Chris Catholic. We've got, you know, all these other people that have come to you and in the program. And you've really been able to foster their creativity uh, without compromising the standard of the program. Uh, what, how do you feel like, how, what is that? come from how do you how do you kind of set up you're bringing people in and they've got to be part of this cluster they've got to be part of this working but you've really allowed them to grow into maybe more than they even knew that they could be can you speak to that a little bit how do you work with your colleagues maybe that's the simple question well we may have missed it on james stevens you know you bless did. his heart uh you know so <laughs> love you james um but you know what, James, he actually, I think he sought us out. He yeah. saw a posting I think we had made on the old school BOA forum, I think. And I think his his spouse saw that and said, hey, you got to send them your stuff. <laughs> and he did. And uh, we, and yeah, I mean, the rest was was history. And I mean, we've had a, a great track record, I think, of, of finding um, and from accomplished veteran teachers to taking chances on people that were right out of school. I mean, someone took a chance on me as a first year teacher. It's where I started my career. So that, that doesn't get lost on, on us and our team when we're doing the, the interview process. Um, but I tell you what, it's, it is difficult. It's challenging to come in uh, the first year and for everyone to kind of find their place yeah. because there's a lot of processes in place. There's a lot of systems in place and we're not afraid to evolve or change those systems at all. 
Um, but it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, we want to vet things out, make sure we're making the right decisions. And sometimes it's challenging to kind of find your spot, you know, that, that, that first year. And, and, uh, uh, but I'm so proud of our team and how much they've grown. Um, you know, just look at the multitude of directors that many of them who have been on our team have gone on to be head directors of their own programs or gone into the music ed field. Um, you know, but I, you know, I, I don't want to keep coming back to my great friend, uh, Wes, but he's, he's the one constant that we've had over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, Wes and I, Wes is our program designer and, you know, kind of the, the genius that comes up with what you see on the marching field. Um, and, uh, you know, that partnership that he and I have had for, you know, 20 plus years is something that, that I cherish. And, uh, I think that was a right decision too. I, it, it's I, worked I out. Tell well a quick story yeah. about Wes. Yeah, please. Can I tell a story about Wes. Please. So, Anything about Wes? So, Wes will tell this much more colorfully than than I will, if you know know my good friend Wes. But there, when I first started teaching at Broken Arrow Union High School, was on fire. What a, you know, with the marching band, and uh, I'd go and kind of watch a little bit, and I'd be really impressed, you know, with everything that I saw. It's like you know, what's, how does all this work? And realize that Wes Cartwright was kind of the young genius behind all that. If you, you know, Winter Guard folks, the mannequin year and and all that, you know, that was that era. And uh, for about three or four years straight, I would see Wes probably once a year run into him and say, you don't know who I am, but here's my name and here's where I teach. And someday before we were both done doing this, I want to work with you. And I did that for about three or four years in a row. And pretty soon we were working together. The rest is, has kind of been history since then. Those ideas, uh, how that gets through from his head, uh, from his brain, um, to translate to designers um, that he's very engaged with um, in the, that process is, uh, I think, a one of a kind. You know, um, a lot of people don't realize how active Wes is in, in crafting the music, you know, the musical phrases um, with the music designer and uh, really is a co-drill writer, really has the ideas. And then, you know, for a long time, I wrote the drill with Wes at Broken Arrow, you know, it'd be his ideas and I'd make it happen on, on the screen and translate it to the, the students on the field. Um, and, and that's the way kind of our, our team still works now. He's, he's brilliant. Um, and, and I love that guy. Mm. Absolutely. Well, I think it's one of the things that I think people would overlook. We we all see the accolades. We all see the successes. But I've seen you talk to the kids, and there is the magic, I think, that's there. Um, I I don't think anyone can understate – or let me say it this way. No one can overstate how important that relationship and trust has to be between staff and students. And I'm talking of it in the most positive educational way that I, I can. How do you foster that relationship with the students? You've talked about with the adults that are there, but how do you, how do you foster that with the students? What do you feel is your role as the director of bands there? Well, um, there is such a history and tradition with our program that we want to, we want to honor that. Um, you know, we uh, we're so fortunate right now that we I think we have the, the last of the great grandchildren of the founder of our name, the Pride of Broken Arrow, the band director that was there in the 70s. Um, and so we get a chance to celebrate those moments and those and those moments of history. And, um, you know, we do a 10 minute stretch up start rehearsal every single day. 
And it's not every day that I get involved uh, in that stretch out, but we'll play maybe some of the music with it. But it's a good chance for me to kind of to to get with the kids in a structured environment where where there can be a, a sense of motivation of what's coming up in the day to find one little thing to celebrate in in the history of our program. Um, and I think it's important that our students, you know, have a understanding of what came before them and and the the students, unlike you know, not unlike myself, that that were in their same shoes at a different era and different time that paved a way um, for the the things that we get to enjoy now. And I don't want that to sound, you know, uh, you know, bodacious, arrogant. To me, that's something that that we we take great great pride in. And I mean, that is our name. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to celebrate that and, and honor that. And to me, that's really really important. Um, and so throughout the course of the season. Um, I love the opportunities to get a chance to kind of chat with the kids. Um, and, you know, the, I do nothing really different than the rest of our team does. Um, just my delivery is sometimes different than, you know, it has a different approach. And that's, I think that's important that kids get multiple opportunities to hear from different staff members. Um, but I love to, to celebrate, you know, that we see the best in them when they may not see the best in themselves and that we as a staff and a team, want to challenge them to be better than they ever thought they could be. And, you know, in this post COVID world, I think that's even more important now for a sense of motivation um, that it's too easy for kids to give up. Um, we live in the microwave age where, you know, we can't wait an hour to cook a baked potato. You have to throw it in the microwave <laughs> and get it done instantly. You know, it, that instant gratification, you know, there's a lot of things we do in music that there's no shortcut to being good. As we all know, there, there's just no magic formula. It's just, it's work. And sometimes work isn't fun, but it's part of the process to have the experience um, along the way that makes everything rewarding. um, If that, if that makes sense. I, I remember reading the creed a few years ago, the, the creed that you guys use for the, the band, I'm actually looking for it here. I didn't want to call you out and say, do you remember it? Uh, but oh yeah, I remember you, it well. Yeah. Has that been around for a long time? So um, that was a product of, I talked about Mr. Stout having the vision to change our, our band program. Um, one at, caveat before we moved the marching band to outside the school day, we had two ninth and 10th grade campuses and an 11th and 12th campus at that time, which was, and had three marching bands. How ridiculous is, is that really for, in, in today's time? Oh, wow. Two ninth and 10th grade marching bands and one junior senior marching band. And those two ninth and 10th grade marching bands, as far as we knew, we, they were the only ones like that in the country. And which means anytime they went to a show or a festival, unfortunately they, they were in a classification against each other. But then as soon as they would hmm. become juniors, we had all had to be one broken arrow. And so when we did this change in the format and the system to be outside of the school, that's when we became a 9 through 12, uh, more my, uh, holistic program and a 9 through 12 marching band. And uh, uh, one of our teachers at that time, who is now the fine arts director at Mustang Public Schools in Oklahoma, his name is Dr. Michael Ryber. He adapted uh, what we call our Pride Creed from mm-hmm. uh, that great poem from the Jungle Book. Right, and um, it's it's very meaningful. It's very powerful uh, with kids about committing themselves to greatness and to be there for each other, and uh, and that's that's our pride creed. And I'll be glad to, to yeah, share. Yeah, well, you got to we got to hear it. I've, no, I've never heard it. it. No, it's, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. So 
at the end of every rehearsal, we say the last two lines of our pride creed. And at the end of every performance that this is the last thing we do before we dismiss is we say, now here is the creed of the pride. It's as true and blue as the sky and all who believe it shall prosper. And those who deny it pass by upon this field of dreams. We all receive our due for this is the only place where all our dreams come true. As with all things most important, it's where our hearts and souls abide for the strength of the pride is the member that the strength of the member is the pride. And we say those last two lines every single day at the end of rehearsal. And it's a reminder that that we haven't become one marching band until and we haven't won anything as far as um, uh, not not placements, not scores. We haven't won anything as far as winning the goal of becoming one marching band until we're one group together. And, how you know, what I do affects my neighbor next to me. What they do affects me. We're all in this together. And, and that, that, you know. Every band in America has some sort of variation of that. Their eyes with pride, their chest up, you know, the things we learned from George Parks over the years. Um, we all have that. And, and I think that's great. I think that gives kids, a, you know, a something to, to believe in. You know, we give the kids a printed version of the Pride Creed. Um, and it's, it's so cool that I'll see alumni almost every day when I go out to a restaurant or somewhere in the community. And they'll come up to me and say, hey, Mr. Davis, and they'll open their wallet and they'll show me their pride creed from wow. whatever year it was. Wow. So I used to carry mine in my wallet every day. And didn't. That's yeah. awesome. Now it's, it, now it's behind glass uh, in, in my office that I, I will show the students when we talk about the pride creed every year. So it, it, it's special. Isn't it and cool that we're that a makes, part makes of an activity? It's really cool that we're part of an activity that that values those uh, those sorts of uh, like the creed or, 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 you know, traditions that, that have been, been with groups that, that bring people together. And, um, you know, we, we have those opportunities to create goosebump moments for our students and staff. And, you know, a lot of, there's not a lot of those out outside of, you know, the performing arts and, you know, people have goosebumps all the time, but, um, not, as consistently as I've experienced them in this, in this band life where we get mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, we get to experience them on a semi-regular basis just by watching students perform maybe at a level they didn't think they were capable of and watching staff members grow and, and watching shows come together. It's just, it's really cool. I think that's what makes me coming, come back, uh, year after year. I, I have a question, Darren. Um, Sometimes when I'm speaking to students at a motivational level, not even at a nuts and bolts teaching fundamentals or something, but, but like when I really, you know, you can tell that every student is just like hanging on your every word and it's, it's, you're all, in, you're all rowing in the same direction or whatever. I go, man, that was Sacedo. Like I, I think back to like how he affected me when I was in high school. And I think sometimes when I'm really switched on, I can actually channel some of that motivational speaking that that he did when I was in high school. Do you do you feel like you know the director that 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 you so enjoyed in high school? You know, do you channel that person? Is there is there somebody you think about every once in a while where you're like, "Yep, I know where that came from." Cool. Uh, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I th I think we're all products of the people that we've always admired and that we've learned from. And, you know, there's, there's so many people that meant so much to me through the years that, you know, I, I, 
I'm not ashamed to admit that, you know, there's been many Dr. Tim lines you know, that, mm. that I borrow and that I use with the yep. kids that, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's been things that other directors have, have borrowed before and used that was like, oh, I'm going to steal that and use that in, in one of my, you know, one of my talks. But you know what? I, I, I never kind of, I don't ever write a script when I talk to the kids. To me, it's always, it's, it's genuine and it's from the heart. And uh, uh, the Broken Air kids will probably tell you there's a few times a year that I'll talk to them and I'm gonna either going to get choked up or I'm going to start crying uh, to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not afraid uh, to be vulnerable with them because it's something that, that I love and it means so much to me. And obviously it gave me a, um, it, meant, it, it made a connection with me as a student that I want to keep sharing those opportunities and those hopefully those experiences with kids that then maybe they have something they can connect with, um, you know, down the road. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not afraid to be, to wear my, my emotions on my sleeve when I'm with Mm -hmm. the kids. Um, when I'm in, when most people probably see me in a contest, I'm normally pretty cool and laid back. I don't, I don't normally kind of fly off the handle and I'm not that, that guy that gets totally stressed out at performance. I think that's, whether it's concert band or, or with the marching band, I, I think, uh, I, I'm, I, I have a sense of confidence because I know that the kids are well, well prepared and that uh, they inspire me every single day. Um, so there, there's a comfort there too. Mm. There's a confidence and comfort, I yeah. guess, in, in yeah. that. That's great. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, we, you and I were talking before we started the show about, you know, this is a tough time of year and, your marching band does have such a cohesion that's there, but that people may not understand that that's not everybody in the program. You have the tradition uh, as well. So there's a num- another set of kids that are there, but then it breaks up around November and we go into the different concert bands and the jazz bands. Do you find that the motivation or that continuity kind of dissipates a little bit during that time? Or do you guys do some things that, that help to make sure that thread continues? Um, yeah, I think that's something where we want to always be better about is that continuity. But, um, you know, we have the same struggles. I bet everyone feels right now. There's so yeah. many things going on. Um, we're getting it in the year. Some seniors, you know, may or may not have checked out a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's, you know, we always want to just finish strong and we want to do things the right way. And, you know, one thing that, that, if maybe on my tombstone when I'm done is that I always talk to the kids about being first class and everything that they do. And, uh, and I think all of our band staff, we embrace that um, about just challenging the kids to be the best version of themselves, whether it's, you know, how they treat each other, how they create um, experiences with each other, how they, how they, how they go to class, um, how they do in each other's class. Uh, in, in other teachers' classes, I, you know, it, it's it's hard, and motivation I think is is more challenging now than it was pre-COVID. Yes, and I think I hear that from band directors all across America that that things are different, and we've got to reinvent ourselves. And it won't be the first time we've done that in our careers. If you've been doing this as long as we all have, mm-hmm. and we'll probably keep um, monitoring and adjusting to the needs of what kids need now. The thing I love about that is I think that everybody needs to hear that, you know, Broken Arrow isn't just this sort of utopia type of place and and no references to the, the was it 2014? No, 
19. I can't remember which show that was. It's earlier than that. It's your, your utopia show. Remember with the uh, Appalachian spring, if I'm not mistaken in there. Uh, but it, it's a, uh, you're a band nerd, aren't you, Bobby? Dude, you're, you're bigger more <laughs> than see, I try to like hold it in, but it just, it I can't even remember the names like of you. shows that I've te- that I've taught. I remember because you didn't go to grand nationals that year and I saw it in Atlanta and I was like, crap. Like this is our off year. This is incredible because you you it felt like you were trying some things that nobody had done before, and you wouldn't really know how judges would have reacted to it. But it, it was just gorgeous. Anyway, um, moving along. It's number one. It's good for us to hear that you have struggles as well, and it's not this this beautiful. Uh, everybody's there and happy to do band every day. You have the same struggles. You have the drama. You have the things. But I think that you guys have built a system around it so that we know we're going to get through it. We just have to do that. We have to get through it. You said something earlier in the podcast I want to kind of wrap up with. You said my my persistence was maybe one of the best things um, that I had. And I think it's so good because I think we as band directors so often feel inadequate. And in talking to you many times over the years, you, you've often said, I, I am not the mastermind behind this. I am not. I have just put these people together and I let them do their job. What piece of advice? So so I, I am taking that. I'm stealing that from you right now. That's the that's my takeaway of like, you know what? It is just persistence. And there are times it sucks. If you had any thoughts for new directors younger directors that are out there, what's a piece of advice that you would give them on this side of your career? Well, there, there's a couple things that, that come to mind. Um, I have imposter syndrome. I do. Uh, there, I, I always second guess, you know, I, I always think that, um, you know, I don't want to ever let down our, our kids or our, our teachers or the program. Um, I don't feel that as pressure. I just, you know, that, you know, Bobby and I, we were just talking about um, the, the BEA high school wind ensemble played at Midwest Clinic right? and, or, and most recently at the American Bandmasters Association. Um, there was a time, you know, where I was like in that preparation is like, I don't know if this is going to if we're going to make it. I don't know if I've ever programmed. I don't know if I have the skills to teach this the way that that these kids deserve. Um, so there, there are some lower moments there in that process. but. It, Bobby, we were just talking before we, we went on air is, you know, about two weeks before we performed at the American Bandmasters Association, you know, I, I started to get that thought that like, well, this has a chance to be pretty good, but you never know, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, we, we put our, you know, part of our success is in the, is in the hands of teenagers <laughs> and, uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, you, you just, you never know what you, what you don't know until you get there. So the, 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 of that, that's a long way to say, you know, believe in yourself, just like we believe in our students when they don't see mm-hmm. the best in themselves. Sometimes we need someone to do that to us too. And I think that's where that imposter syndrome comes from. Um, and uh, upperclassmen in marching band, they always say, well, it's just not as fun as it was when I was a first year member. And we always try to, to, to have that talk. It's every year, you know, at mm-hmm. the same time, the same kids and the, you know, different kids, different time of year that, you know, in our first year, it's like, everything is like Christmas morning, you know, it's like, wow, this yep. is all new and shiny. And, and as you become a upperclassman, it's like, you have to bring the Christmas spirit to, to your youngins and to your kids that you become Santa Claus. And, uh, 
you know, we don't do all those reps um, on marching fundamentals or a concert F drone um, for the for the upperclassmen. We do it for the, the ones that need more experience, but we need you to buy in and mm-hmm. to be that leader and has set that model and that expectation. So um, keeping things in perspective, I think, is is important and and believe in yourself even when when things don't seem like they're going well. Trust your mm-hmm. trust your instinct and trust yourself. And, uh, you know, and I, you mentioned it, Bobby, I, I'm not afraid to admit that, uh, you know, the people I surround myself, I think, are far more talented than I could ever even think about being. And uh, I think that's that I hope is my legacy, um, that that I surrounded myself with people better than me. And uh, and I'm really proud of what they've done um, with our kids um, throughout the years to grow our program. And I would have never guessed you know, when I started 30 years ago at Broken Arrow, that if I had some wish list, it was like, I would wish, you know, um, I would love to be, have a band that um, performs, could even think about performing at the Midwest Clinic. I never dreamed that would ever happen, but it just, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't happen overnight. There's no shortcut to success. Um, it is believe and keep being persistent. It almost sounds like you didn't sit down 20 years ago and say, we've got to play at Midwest. We've got to win grand nationals multiple times. We've got to get, it It sounds more like instead of having this goal of those things, you were just like each year we want to grow. We want to get better. And we want to, we want to evolve. At least that's what it sounds I, like from you. That's probably, I think our, our progress in a nutshell, it wasn't about, having landmark achievements. It was about just being better than we were the previous year and, and, uh, and pushing ourselves, pushing our designers, pushing them. They pushed us staff, students, parents, that sense of motivation program wide. Um, it, it didn't happen overnight. And the culture there at Broken Air is super strong. I'm very proud of that culture and I know it'll long outlive me. And I can't take credit for any of it. I just happen to be along for the ride of where we are in this time time frame, um, time capsule where we are in our in our evolution. And it's going to keep evolving. It'll be different next year than it was the previous year. Mm-hmm. Well, I want I want to end with this. I and and Darren knows this. He may still have the video of it. In 2018, Wando was at uh, Grand Nationals, and we had the pleasure of of seeing Broken Arrow and. Uh, Carmel and and everybody there. And it was a really special year for us. Those was, that was a really special group of kids. And I, it was very cool to be there with my kids because my personal Was that kids, Joan of Arc? Uh, no, 2018 for us was by a thread. And for them, I think that was the American show. Is that right? The Americana yeah, the show. Big, That's right. The big flag the that covered the USA. field. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And um, I had my then kindergartner with me at, 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 at uh, Grand Nationals. And at the end of Grand Nationals, Wando changes out the uniforms, gets on the bus. And for the next like 20 hours is on a bus back home. So we, we literally walk off the field, change, get on a bus to leave. And I remember the kids were getting changed. I was sitting in the floor of the convention center and my daughters were there. My youngest was in kindergarten. And my wife said, tell your daddy what you want to be when you grow up. And I said, what do you want to do? She goes, I want to be a band director. And I'm like having, you know, like palpitations. I was like excited and frightened all at the same time. I was like, Olivia, that's so great. What makes you want to be a band director? But it wasn't your band. She said that to me. She was like, well, it wasn't your band. 
uh, oh, okay. <laughs> My wife's dying laughing over here. I said, who who makes you want to be a band director? Broken Arrow. I, I love that show. That's the best show I've ever seen in her, what, five-year-old little brain that's the best show she had ever seen but she like i i took my camera or my phone out and i said say that again and she said uh I, your show made me want to be a band director and i said tell us who that is and she said broken arrow high school i said i'm gonna send this to mr da- davis right now and sent that to you so that's awesome and uh, she's now in our color guard She's actually wow. been a character. She's been a character in our show before when she was in fourth grade, and then this year as a fifth grader, we had a, a color guard spot come open, and she decided I'm going to be there too. My oldest daughter marched flute this year, and it was it was just incredible. There's part of me that's like, I wonder if she would have done that had she not been there that night. So, <laughs> sincerely, thank you for that. You you influenced well, my kid. I vividly remember receiving that video from you and I thought it ch- choked me up. It was like, how precious, but uh, I, on that time hop that shows up every year. So mm-hmm. I about grand national time. I get uh, that video comes up yeah. again. So I hope that I, that, that that's always a good, uh, uh, confidence builder right there. And it yes, just it warms is. your heart and how precious that was. So thank yeah, you for sharing that, Bobby. Uh, thank you, Darren. It, it's really been an honor and a pleasure being with you. And, and Jeff, it's always a pleasure being Absolutely. with you too. <laughs> yeah. Man, this is great. I, this is why I love doing this show. Absolutely. This was fun, Darren. We really appreciate your time and 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 all the fun memories that, that from watching your shows over the years and just hanging out with you. And, you know, for other people in that band life out there, um, it's so important to have people that you surround yourself with that bring you joy but you can also laugh and cry and, and complain about the activity that you love. And, you know, the, the three of us got together this year at Midwest and had a great dinner with some other people. And mm. it's just a great example of, you know, it, it's not all competition. It's, it's, it's a lot of people rowing in the same direction that just happen to be in different boats. And um, I think Darren, you're a great example of that as a, as somebody who's in the activity, but is willing to share uh, your knowledge, your strengths, your passion for this with other people who are also doing it. Uh, and I, I, I always uh, cherish that and your friendship. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, guys. You guys are both incredible friends. There's a usual way that we end the podcast. It's something like, uh, and until next time, I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert. And this is... I'm Darren been, Davis. This has been... <laughs> This oh, has boy. Been we that blew that, life. you guys. I, I, don't know. I didn't even write it down this time. I, I'm looking at it on our script. I'm the responsible Should one. Should we try it I'm again? Just throwing that okay. okay, try it again, Jeff. Hold on. I'm pulling up the script. Okay. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert. And this is Not Darren that Davis. Life. <laughs> no, you ruined it. <laughs> oh, <I'm just> <laughs> Thanks, everybody.